When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's UFC 284 did not disappoint with an incredible atmosphere inside Rack Arena in Perth. Adding to the drama of it all, Alexander Volkanovsky was unable, no, unable to dethrone Islam Makachev in the main event, but he sure put on a show for the fans. There were plenty of brutal finishes on the rest of the card, and to help us break it all down is MMAfighting.com writer and analyst Alexander K. Lee. Morning, Alexander. How you doing? Going on, Izzy and Kempi. Thank, thank you for having me. Good morning to you guys. It's it's middle of the day over here in Canada uh, on Sunday, but uh, good Monday morning to you. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. What was your biggest takeaway from the event last night? Obviously, plenty going on in the card. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it was I think top to bottom. Uh, the 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 Perth oh. Australia crowd got a fantastic show. Uh, you know, it wasn't one of the most. You know, there was a lot of talk about the card, maybe not in getting not getting enough publicity, maybe not having enough star power. But I think they built it the right way. A lot of a lot of fighters from the Anzac region, uh, some of them performing really well, some of them not so much. But there was a lot of highlights and finishes early, and of course, the biggest takeaway. Wow, what a spectacular main event. I mean, it, I don't know if it could have gone better from an entertainment standpoint. Islam Makachev, the lightweight champion, getting tested, pushed to the absolute limit by the featherweight champion, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm sure I know I heard you guys think talking a little bit about uh, some of the scoring before. That's That was a big controversy. Most of all, I hope people have come out of this with a ton of respect for both fighters. It was just such a wonderful back-and-forth battle. But uh, the scoring is certainly up for discussion. Uh, I'm not sure how you guys felt about it, but uh, I didn't have a huge problem. I- I'm not sure how, what 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 was like on your end watching live. Yeah, look, um, Alexander, I I had uh, I had Volkanovski winning the winning the belt basically because of his defense. You know, Mukashev normally comes out and chokes blokes out, but he couldn't get his arm around the Volk's neck um, at any stage of that fight, and he threw. I thought. The stand up, the stand up punching of Alexander was a lot better as well. So um, to say that it was a unanimous decision, that was a bit that was a bit surprising, didn't you think? I think uh, not, I'm not surprised it was unanimous. I think the one forty nine forty six score really surprised a lot of people. I didn't have an issue yeah. with it. I actually did score forty nine forty six for Makachev. I gave him the first four. The clearest Volkanovski round was the fifth round, but I also think. You can make a case for two other rounds for Volkanovski. The second round, very close. The third round, I know a lot of people right away when they were scoring live, even if they had given Makachev the first two rounds, said, oh no, that's a Volkanovski round. So if you're looking at the fight overall, you could go two, three, and five for Volkanovski, and there's your 48-47 win for the featherweight champ. He said as much on Twitter. 
He tweeted later in the evening. I he said I rewatched the fight. Two, three, and five were mine. Well, let's have a rematch. Let's run it back again. I don't have a problem with the scoring. Um, I thought like I thought people both guys really put on a great effort. But I understand why a lot of people would lean towards Volkanovski. He's a smaller guy. He's going up and taking this enormous challenge against Makachev, who's supposed to be like the new Khabib, supposed to be invincible, uh, and he certainly did not look invincible against Alexander Volkanovski. He, he looked great. Like I said, I scored the fight for Makachev, but I think there's a lot of people who would say, oh, well, if they were, you know, if they really were closer in size, if there was a really, like, ideal, lightweight version of, of, of Volkanovski, then he wins that fight easily. I don't know if that's true. It's strictly hypothetical, but I think that's where a lot of fans uh, are coming from. So you look at the scoring, four of nine takedown success for um, Makachev in that fight, mm-hmm. but it was the way he went around the ground, the groundwork. Like, I, I, you usually see him dominating but Alexander Volkanovsky was just laughing and talking to, you know, all the crowd and, and just, you know, so, like, I, I want to see it scored when it's dominance on the ground, not just lying there and potentially holding the dominant position. I just felt like it was, you should get points for yourself if you're actually in a dominant position and you're showing signs of not actually getting choked out. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the issue a lot of fans have. Again, I- I'm mostly fine with the current scoring system. It favors offense, so it's frustrating for fans sometimes to see it. And this isn't the case in this fight. But let's say a guy goes for 10 takedowns and doesn't get any of them, gets stuffed like 10 times. That's still, it, based on the way the fights are scored, are supposed to be scored by the judges, that still doesn't give the defending fighter points. The defending fighter still has to do something. So, again, with the case of Volkanovski, just, you know, I was so impressed, like you said, Makachev has his back. That's the most dominant position you can have in all of MMA and really couldn't do anything with it. Now, for me, that doesn't mean Makachev is, is losing the fight. But, I mean, the optics of it, like you said, Volkanovsky talking to him, he said later in the post fight, he was saying, like, kind of playing mind games with him, like, hey, you're not doing anything. You're, you know, you're, you're the one that's tucking your head. You're the one that's, that's, that's trying to play defense while you have my back. Uh, and again, I, I don't necessarily think that should influence the scoring. But does, okay. should it influence, you know, how the fans perceive the fight and who won the fight? I mean, I, I don't blame them. It was an amazing clip, and it's it's one that's really going to go down as part of Volkanovski's highlight reel, even though he didn't win the fight. So uh, what a moment. Well, you look for a potential pay-per-view blockbuster. You don't look any further but before the fight, before the main event. Yeah, Rodriguez and his demolish, demolition of Josh Emmett. Mate, that makes for an interesting fight if um, Volkanovski comes back and defends his title against the new interim uh, featherweight champion and you're here, Rodriguez. You reckon, uh, mate, he is a f- phenomenal fighter. His kicking ability, his unpredictableness when he fights out there, I think he could really, um, you know, really kind of just put, put um, Volkanovski under a little bit of pressure. Yeah, he looks sensational. Uh, you know, yeah, years ago, he won a uh, Latin American version of the Ultimate Fighter a long time ago. Has been, if you ask anyone of, of the, the teams that he's trained with, from a very young age, he was just pegged as this prodigy. He was just people saying like, oh, there's a there's a kid from Mexico you guys don't know about. His name's Yair. And you wait till he gets to the UFC and you're really going to see something. He wins the Ultimate Fighter has a unique style, a definite charisma about him, impresses early, and then has these weird speed up bumps, some negotiation issues, some injury things, trouble getting fights, um, just little problems here and there, some losses to really big names like Max Holloway and Frank Yeager. No shame in that. But at some point along the way, there was a lot of questions of, he's a talented kid. We all know it. Is he going to put it all together and make it? Saturday night, I, I, that's the best version of him I've ever seen. Put it all together on the feet, wins the fight by submission, 
he looked complete. Definitely, if you see that version of him against Alexander Volkanovsky when that fight happens, it'll be a real challenge for, for the featherweight champ. But I, I want to ask you guys, um, do you think it would have been better if they had just, I mean, like I said, main event, fantastic. Love that we got to see the fight. You guys obviously have a much better grasp of uh, what's going on on that side of the world. Do you think it still would have sold out? It still would have been a huge event if they had just done Volkanovski defending his title against Yair? Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, for sure. He's a, he's an Aussie and, and he's got a real Kiwi influence as well on this side of the six with his um, kitty, uh, kicks, city kickboxing um, connection with um, you know, Nook Berryman and, and uh, Adesanya and the crew. So, yeah, I think it would have definitely sold out. And even with that Jack um, Maladana that was fighting under on the, one of the oh. undercards and getting that, that fight done, mate, what a performance from the young boys. So it would have definitely sold out with those two big names. Yeah, I, I, and, and I think that uh, I have some colleagues at MMA Fighting who were like, oh, why are they doing the Makachev fight now? And, and again, like I said, I'm, I'm glad it turned out to not, I mean, maybe the fans weren't happy with the result, but I'm just glad the fight turned out to be a great fight. Again, both guys had their moments. Both guys look good. But I do wonder if this was a missed opportunity to have um, Volkanovski defend against Yair and have this, you know, kind of this great, uh, you know, go out and a win. Um, I, I don't think fans were necessarily super unhappy, but anytime, of course, you said, you see, you know, this massive star of the region um, lose anything, especially a close fight like that, it's going to, it's going to have at least a sour taste in people's mouths. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I think you can't go wrong either way, but um I tell you, they got a big fight. They got a big, and it, it doesn't get much bigger than that one. No, I think they brought it down here, Alex, because uh, of the hometown hometown crowd. You know, to give um, Ale- uh, Alexander the Great a ch- an absolute chance, and he's just missed it. So, uh, under the undercards, I know we've spoken about a, a couple of them, but his um, Madalena, the way that he won, and tougher the way that he just knocked knocked out his opponent. They they impressed you at all? Yeah, it was a great showing. I mean, look, Della Madalena. I have a bit of a rule. It's like I, I, after your first three UFC fights, I need to see you step up. And they have just booked this guy perfectly. He gets first round finishes, his first three UFC fights against actually pretty decent competition. They didn't really bring him along that slowly. You know, he came into the company with a lot of hype. So they said, all right, let's give him tough tests now. Then he gets another step up with Randy Brown on Saturday and has a little bit of difficulty. Randy Brown is a huge welterweight. Um, mm. But that's what you like to see. You like to see these up-and-coming contenders face some adversity. It's fun to see him run through people, but you want to see them face some adversity too. He works through it, finds his range, shows off that incredible striking. I think he might be, I think Jack Della Maddalena might be one of the best boxers uh, pound for pound in all of, all of the UFC. He's, just, he's that good. Uh, and then he finishes with a submission, so showed a little bit more, more of his game as well. He will, I mean, it, it's a tough division, but he is well on his way to competing for a UFC title, I would say, by the end of 2023 or, or early 2024. Yeah, that was a classy performance. I was very, very impressed with Jack Dallop, Madalena. But we're going to go to our very own, and one that we watched closely, and we were interested to see how he got. I don't know if he called it. It was earlier on, but young Kiwi, mm-hmm. Shane Young, was fighting on the undercard, losing to Blake Blider. What did you make of that fight, and where do you see Shane go now? Is this... Is his career in limbo a little bit? It's going to be tough. He's his third straight loss for Shane. Um, again, a guy mm-hmm. who has faced really tough competition. Maybe these names don't jump out at people, but Omar Morales is, is a tough guy who's competed in two weight classes. The Ludovic Klein loss, he gave up a ton of poundage. Um, Klein came in on short notice, I believe, but still not really an excuse. He missed weight by four pounds, won by knockout. I remember uh, 
uh, Shane's teammate, Israel Desanya, furious, furious about the weight miss, furious that I, I don't know what the penalty was. Couldn't have been more than maybe 30%, which is a lot. But if you go on to win your fight, it kind of kind of mitigates it a lot. And again, also not mm-hmm. to mention uh, poor Shane having to, to take a first round head kick knockout. So he's lost three straight. And that in the UFC, that often will lead to a release. I don't want to say that's necessarily the case here. Uh, there was a long layoff from his last fight. It is always good to have fighters who have a regional connection. Like you said, um, uh, uh, anytime they head over to Australia or New Zealand, that's a guy you want to throw in the card. He generally puts on exciting fights as well. So I'm optimistic he will remain with the promotion. I'm not sure where he goes next matchmaking-wise. Uh, so, uh, But again, because because he's known for putting on exciting fights, because he's had some tough breaks like as far as the circumstances surrounding his matchups, I do think they give him another chance, but um, it, it is tough to hold on to that UFC contract after a, a third consecutive loss. Hey, Alexander, what, what's what's on on your mind at the moment? The next big fight coming up, you know, you got um, John Bon Jones, you've got Conor McGregor with a TV program and Chandler. Well, is there a big fight in in your mind that you think, geez, I can't wait to watch that? John Jones. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit unbelievable that he's coming back. Uh, every year, you know, since 2019, we've been saying, okay, is he coming back? Is he actually going to move to heavyweight? He's been saying even before uh, this recent hiatus, he'd been saying, I'm sorry, 2020. Even before this break, he'd been saying for the longest time, I'm going to try heavyweight. I'm going to try heavyweight. His career, of course, muddled up by constant outside of the cage legal issues, mm. some really deplorable stuff. But you know, if, if we're just talking about his fighting career. Um, how can you not be, at the very least, curious, if not excited, to see how he'll fare at a larger weight class against one of the three best heavyweights in the world? It's not Francis Ngannou, but Cyril Gan, an incredibly difficult challenge. This is this is not a walkover by any means for John Jones's comeback. I don't think anyone's viewing it that way. The real question is, and this kind of ties into 84, is if John Jones wins, does he immediately regain his status? as the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. He's sort of been the de facto answer forever. Uh, and now, again, people who who may have thought Islam's win over Alex was not the most convincing. If John, jo- John Jones can come back from a three-year hiatus and step right back into the pound-for-pound spot. So I do wonder how people will react to that. Uh, and as just a quick touch on McGregor and uh, Chandler. I'm a huge Oakland fighter guy. I don't know if you guys ever watched it. I know for the last 10 seasons... Viewership has dwindled down to essentially nothing, <laughs> but this should at least produce a little a little pop of interest. Uh, and at the end, health permitting, fingers crossed, these two guys fight because uh, Chandler's been wanting to call him out for a while. And when he chooses to stand and bang, he's as exciting as anyone in the sport. And we all know McGregor again, another guy with some outside the cage issues. Maybe not the the best person, but uh, when fight <laughs> night rolls around, there's few that are more engaging. Uh, from from press conference to weigh in to fight night, and uh, I know you know uh, millions of eyeball, eyeballs will be tuned in. Yeah, I love booking the Conor McGregor card. The pay per view will fly as well. Just quickly, last one before we let you go, mate. Justin Taffer, obviously polished off Parker Porter. Could he really shake up the heavyweight division? Yeah, you know, Justin's such an interesting case because he's a bit of a late bloomer. You know, he's not even 10 professional fights yet, has only been fighting for about five years. Uh, but when you have that kind of that kind of gift, that kind of just one-punch knockout power, it can take you a long way. This is back-to-back first-round knockouts. Parker Porter, the guy he beat, I'm, I'm sure uh, there might have been some fans in, in the building at, uh, at RC Arena that maybe aren't super familiar with him. He's really tough. He's kind of your definition of a journeyman. 
Um, he's got great cardio. So if it had gone past the first round, uh, it would have been interesting. But I think most people, if they were predicting a tougher win, it would be in the first two minutes, three minutes. Sure enough, that's what happened. Yeah, you can't question power. There's a lot of fun matchups. We did a matchmaking show earlier today, and one of the names that, that came up, I actually want to get your guys' opinion on this one. Do you think it's too soon to maybe throw him in there with uh, a Derek Lewis? Ooh, Derek Lewis. Yeah, he's been an interesting <laughs> one. He lost his last fight, didn't he? So I reckon he's, he needs to really take this, a step up. Derek Lewis will be the perfect <laughs> fight for him because he's, he's got punching power, but he needs a win. So I'd love to see that fight. Yeah, that, yeah I think that'd be big. I think that'd be big. Beautiful. Alexander Kaylee talking the MMA, the USC 284 over the weekend. We appreciate your time, mate. All the best, and uh, thanks so much for giving us a little inside look. Volkanovsky, robbed. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Uh, take care. Well, win or lose, he looks... Listen, win or lose, I'll tell you right now, I'll give you a hint. This week, we do pound for pound every week. He's still number one on my list. Beautiful. There you go. Thanks so much for your time, mate. You take care. There he is, Alexander K. Lee. He just reckon, yeah, well, look, it was a fair fight, and there's a fair case to to talk about those that the, the judging. And one mm. of the judges' cards was a bit out the gate, but I just, you know, I hate it when they go to the ground and and it's kind of you haven't shown you got them to the ground, but you're not really dominating. And I could see Volkanovski talking, just saying, "Look, this is you're not going to choke me out. Let's get up and just punch it out." But he played the right game, and he knew he just it really surprised him. You hear the Islam's uh, comments post it really surprised how good um, his defence on the ground was. Oh, the relief when he got when he got announced as the winner. You go back and have a look. Mm. You go back and have a look at when the ring announcers announces uh, Makhachev getting that win. The relief on his face. He thought he'd lost that fight. You know what I mean? So, look, I don't think I don't think uh, Volkanovski's got anything to be um, other than proud of his e- his effort because. I, that's a thing I don't like about UFC. This is the one thing I don't like about UFC is when they go to ground, do nothing. Mm, like that's yeah. not that's oh, not, that's, that's not fighting. You know what I mean? That's not totally what you what you what you're trying to watch and enjoy. When they go and take you to ground, and you know those guys that lie on their back and, and entice people to come in, like get up and fight. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, yep. a, it's that's annoying, and I, that's the annoying part of that fight yesterday. Volkanovski's saying, "Come on, man, let's stand up and bang." And uh, he just didn't want to. Makachev didn't want to have anything to do, even though he can throw him. Like he he hit Volkanovski with a couple of beauties. Yeah, he totally did. Let's, let's hear from Paulie Moata. He's going to come up and see where the punters, if any of them, got the result of yesterday's performance at the UFC. Right. So Paulie Moata coming up.